Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 670 for February 2nd, 2021. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Ken Ray, host of the Mac OS Ken podcast, hosted at macosken.com. Now, you may have been wondering why Ken has never been on Chit Chat Across the Pond before, but I really just want to make sure he was going to stick with it, you know, and he just hit his 15 year anniversary doing Mac OS Ken. So I figure it's probably safe to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Ken. Wow. Really? I finally made it. My 15 year. This is my prize. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, Tom Merritt would call this the the crossover event of the winter since I was oh. on in a few minutes just this week. Yes, you were. You still are, as a matter of fact. I still am on in a kind few of. minutes. Yeah. So anybody who, uh, there's probably a few people who haven't heard of you, probably not too many, but uh, do you want to give me your elevator speech of what you do? Sure. Uh, Mac OS Ken is a daily Apple News and news related to Apple News show that has been going, as Allison pointed out, for 15 years now, uh, Monday through Friday. If it is something that Apple is doing, if it's something that's going to affect something Apple is doing, or if it's funny enough... Uh, you'll hear about it on Mac OS Ken. And then there are a million other shows, but, you know, we can talk about those as they come up. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things I really like about Mac OS Ken, in addition to the funny names for analysts that you give and the funny names you give to companies, I, I, I did want to ask you about that. Do you, do you use those terms when you're talking at home or to friends and family? Like if you talk about bug fixes, do you say bug fixes? Bug fixes. No, no, it's it's a lot of affectation for, you know, for the microphone. Like if I can hear myself and I get bored hearing myself, <laughs> then I'll go ahead and start. I'll throw in something funny or something that's amusing to me. Um, I mean, probably in regular conversation. Mostly what I don't talk about around the house is, you know, bug fixes. But I feel certain that if you ask uh, the people in my life, there are things that I say certain ways. In fact, I, I know I've had people say things back to me before. I'm like, oh, it's cute. I, I, I can't tell if you're making fun or if you're, you know, giving me props. Oh, it anyway. absolutely. People I know, uh, my friend Dorothy and Steve, we will say things the way you say them. I mean, I absolutely <laughs> will, you know, it'll it'll be update a go-go. You know, oh, nice. A Apple I, comes out with all their updates because that's the way you say it. The Sakinator is what I would call Tony Sakanagi. If I were to ever need to say his name, I would call him the Sakinator, right? Yeah. I get, well, I guess you'll, you'll have a chance to do that today, maybe. But otherwise, oh, yeah, not so much. Yeah, no. So here's a weird story. And I don't know. And I'm sure we all have this. Um, I have a friend who lives in um, the Santa Cruz area. And they all say, there's a way that they all say, huh, that she says uh, she picked up from me in the eighth grade. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's the way she does it. But now she has this whole group of people. And I'm sure we all have we all have the same things. I mean, we all, you know, whatever. That's a whole. The mimic that would be thing, a whole right? other thing for a whole other thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, something's important in your life. You share it with other people. And then all of a sudden we're all saying bug fixes. <laughs> I, I am intrigued by that topic. And we should move on. But I'm still going to tell one more is I noticed just a few years ago that I say, isn't it, instead of isn't it. Hmm. And I thought, well, that's weird. Why do I say it that way? And then I heard my brother say it. And then I heard my mother say it. So I yeah. think it's like a familial thing. Somehow it got passed along that we say, isn't it. Those things are so, I, I know you said you want to get to the topic, but I'll tell you one other thing really quickly. I had a friend uh, my freshman year of college who was from a tiny town outside of a very small town in Middle Tennessee. 
And a couple of years later, I was up in Boston and I was standing in line at a restaurant or something. And I heard the people in front of me talking. And I said, where, I'm, I'm, I apologize. Where are you from? And they said, oh, we're from Murfreesboro. And I was like, yeah, but not really. You're from close to Murfreesboro, aren't you? And it turns out they had grown up. I mean, they were from the same city that my friend grew up in. And and I have never again had that time of like, man, I, I, I can hear it like almost down to the block where they're from. But, oh, you know. wow. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of fun. Very different. Uh, very different thing. Isn't okay. it? Uh, isn't it? It is. Um, now, I, shoot, now I have to do one. Another one. So <laughs> I met a guy at work. Who had a voice like this? He talked like this. And I thought that was kind of strange because my uh, uncle talked like that and my uncle's mother talked like that. And we started tracing it back and it turns out he was birthed by a midwife in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in the Keweenaw Peninsula, which is a little peninsula off on the uh, Upper Peninsula. Uh, and this woman was known to my uncle's family. We were not related, but we were like an inch from being related. And it was all from his voice. See, all of this brings up an interesting question to me. Why are we bothering to talk about Apple stuff? Because <laughs> this is way more interesting, right? Well, it, it, it's fascinating. I mean, it's a weird sort of, this reminds me of a book that I read a million years ago, but we don't have time for that. You wanted to talk about Apple things, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope everybody writes in with their story about this kind of thing. Well, what I was going to say was I love the funny names that you do and, and all that. And I, I listen to the show every single day. But one of the things I really enjoy is hearing the earnings report. And you asked me whether I had listened to the earnings report myself. And I was like, why would I listen to the earnings report? You tell me what's important out of it every time. So I always really like that. But I always want to ask questions about what does it mean? And you never answer me when I'm yelling at my iPhone while listening. So I thought maybe I could have you on after the earnings call and I could ask you some questions and help put it into perspective. I I will do my best. I mean, the one thing that I will say is I'm just a guy who's been listening to them for a long time and reading a bunch of the a bunch of the stuff. I have friends and I wonder sometimes if it's just a I should I should not even I should not even qualify. I should be like, yeah, I can answer that for you. Because I know so many people who will do that, right? You ask them a question, they're like, yeah, it's this. Maybe you press them a little bit, they're like, oh, maybe it's not. I mean, I always come at it with a, I will tell you my take on it and what yeah. I've read and what I've heard. But, you know, I mean, take that. Don't take that to the bank. For God's sake, don't take it to your financial analyst or advisor, because I am definitely not offering advice on anything. I'm just like a, just a guy being a dude listening to other people. Okay. All right. Well, All right. with that caveat, but I mean, you asked me on in a few minutes about whether Apple's making it a car and I was clearly not qualified to answer that question. Well, I asked you, I asked you what you thought they were going to do and what you would rather see. See, yeah. I'm, I'm qualifying there. Totally. But anyway. Okay. So totally this will different. be Ken Ray's take, not, not yeah. no financial advice given to anybody. No, okay. absolutely not. Okay. So the, the biggest headline of this earnings report was their overall revenue was $111.4 billion for mm -hmm. just the December quarter. Right. So when I hear a number like that, those after a while, when I hear you telling the numbers, it sounds like, you know, wah, 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 wah. they're all just numbers. The numbers are so big. The percentages are so big. I don't know what they mean. How does $111 right. billion for this December quarter, how does that compare to, uh, I don't know, last year? Uh, well, it's much better than last year. It was $20 billion higher. Their record quarter. Uh, the record quarterly revenue for fiscal year 2019 was uh, 91 uh, point something billion dollars. So this is better. 
And was that a, and that was a, not a bad quarter? You're saying that was a really, that was a high quarter? That, that, was, that was their record before that. Yeah. Oh, wow. their, their highest, their highest quarter before that was the one from a year ago quarter. I mean, the holiday is always going to be bigger because people are always going to spend more money around the holidays. Sure. The question now is um, why this year? Well, I mean, it, it's not the question. It's the question that I find most interesting. I mean, they came out with what? New Apple Watches, new iPads, uh, the M1 Max, all of those in the holiday quarter. So normally you've got people, oh, I'm sorry, in the iPhone 12. All the iPhone 12s came out in that quarter as well. Oh. So normally you've got people buying lots of stuff anyway, but then there was also a bunch of new stuff. Uh, generally speaking, you get the new iPhones at the end of the September quarter. They were oh, actually they were a, a little few late. Weeks. Yeah. 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 They were a few right. weeks into the October into October for the first two and then a few weeks into November for the second two. I think the watches so, were before that quarter though. I feel like we got them sooner, didn't we? I don't think so, but if you hmm. say so. Because I, I feel like I've had I, my watch longer than I've had my phone. Well, you have. Okay. You see, now <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. I thought, okay. I honestly thought that all three of them, you're right. You're, you're probably right. It was Time Flies and then it was High Speed, which was the iPhone event. Yeah, okay, so we may have had the watch earlier. I apologize, I don't oh, remember. You, you remember the names of them. That's that's pretty amazing, uh, of the events. And then one more thing, I think, was the other one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't always I don't always know them, much less remember them. So yeah. um, what, we obviously, some of these products were pretty amazing. I mean, 5G, 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 right? That's probably right. what drove it on the iPhone 12s. It, it, sure, if you say so. I mean, I, it, I honestly, so that, that to me was a very interesting thing that I think I touched on Mac OS Ken live at one point. I'm not sure. Or maybe you and I talked about it. I don't remember. Um, the first part of 2020, I was talking with a bunch of people about whether or not Apple was actually going to do a 5G iPhone because for this year or for 2020. Because if you go back, uh, 3G was starting to roll out when the first iPhone came out, but Apple didn't bother right. because 3G wasn't everywhere. Uh, by the time they came out with the 4G iPhone, it had already started to pop up at a few places. And some people said, I want to say Leo may have said, they totally missed the boat because what people want is a 4G phone. And I argued on his show at one point, what people really want is the next iPhone. <laughs> and so the fact that it didn't have 4G wasn't going to mean anything except to the road warriors. But those road warriors are in places where 4G is. 4G wasn't everywhere yet. And so then when we started this year, or started 2020, it only feels like it's still this year. When we started in 2020, uh, uh, Brian Chaffin and a couple of, couple of other people and I were talking about whether or not there was going to be a 5G phone. And our answer was no, because 5G isn't everywhere yet. Right, 5G right. isn't like, you know, major metros and things like that, except for China, mm. which we weren't thinking about at all. And China has been sitting around going, when are we getting a 5G iPhone for crying out loud? So a lot of the stuff that happened with the iPhone this last quarter was pent up demand in China. People who had been standing around waiting for a 5G iPhone. Finally, there's a 5G iPhone. And so they go ahead and soak them up here in the States. Sure. Some people are probably very excited about 5G. Other people it's probably time to buy their next iPhone. And so, you know, they went ahead and did that too. I do That's my know guess. people who are super excited about 5G and are now all talking about the fact that their 5G, their phone when it's on 5G is not as fast as when it's on LTE. I've and heard that. I think I, I think it was Tom Merritt who explained, and I'm not 100% sure it was Tom, but it sounds like his uh, kind of explanation because it made perfect sense, was that the 5G iPhones are actually sharing um, some frequency bands 
with LTE and whichever one of them is a, uh, this is the 600 megahertz uh, version that we actually can get. And mm-hmm. um, that if it if there's more people using LTE than, fi- than 5G, they'll actually slow down the 5G and keep the LTE as fast as they can. So the more people use 5G, the faster it will get. But if you've right. got it now and you want to go faster, just turn off 5G on your phone and you'll go faster. <laughs> wow. That's, you can disable that's, it. That's a great uh, argument for signing up for a 5G line, isn't it? <laughs> that's just... That sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm in the off year right now. I mean, I guess if I were doing something, the only thing that 5G brings us right now is faster, as far as I understand it. If there was some killer feature that everybody was like, yeah, well, if you don't have 5G, then you don't understand, then I might be inclined to go ahead. Generally speaking, I'm on the every other year plan for an iPhone. So So I've got my iPhone 11 right now. I'll get an iPhone 13 or whatever they call the next one probably later this year. It depends. The the big thing you could see, depending on uh, whether you use it and whether the services you use need it, uh, is uh, lower latency. So it's Mm. really not supposed to be that much faster at at the 600 megahertz band. Um, Mm -hmm. And by the way, everything I know about this, I learned from... Uh, from Know a Little More by Tom Merritt, his podcast. Okay. So there's a He does like these 15, 20-minute podcasts that are yeah. just explaining one thing real deep. And he does this spectacular explanation of the different bands and why you care and why you probably don't care mostly. Can I ask you a question? Does it ever bother you how good he is? It really does. Yeah. I, you know, I, I worked with him. I worked with him 20-something years ago now at Tech TV Radio. Mm-hmm. And he would come in and I'd just be like, man, I'm never going to be that good. And then I had him on my show about a year ago and I was like, I'm never going to be as cool as you. It's so annoying. (laughs) I had him on uh, Chit Chat Across the Pond just recently to try to explain how he gets as much done as he does. Mm. Because it's insane. It is is positively insane, the number of things that he does. It's not possible to get done what he's done. And after he explained all of the things he does and how he does it and how he fits it all in and how he has time still to have a wife and family and friends and things. And uh, and we got to the very end and I said, okay, the only explanation is you sleep three hours a night. And he goes, no, I usually get between eight and nine. Killing me. Absolutely killing me. Yeah. The last time I had him on, uh, on in a few minutes, I think I was like, I, I want to ask you about all of your shows, but I know you probably started three since we started. <laughs> since so. you started talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah since we started talking. Anyway. Yeah. So, all right. Enough with the Tom Merritt fan show. We should, we should stop talking about that. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, the, the top level overall revenue was insane. That was you know, mm-hmm. 21% higher than the highest they'd ever had before. So that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. then you talked about the revenue by product. And the the two big numbers to me were Mac and iPad revenue, um, the Mac revenue was up 21%, while mm-hmm. the iPad revenue was up 41%. Yeah. Now, do you think that's mostly because people in lockdown and homeschooling, especially the iPad numbers? That That sounds like a homeschooling number to me. I would imagine so, yeah. Um, although I do know people who are replacing their Macs or augmenting their Macs with an iPad, but I would imagine that's largely homeschool. Um, it's kind of funny because when during the analyst q and I can't remember who asked Luca Maestri, but they said, how, how do you not justify, but how do you explain that number? And the first thing out of his mouth were, was, um, well, they're great machines. But he had to, he had to immediately then say, but you know we're seeing head uh, tailwind. Excuse me from you know work from home and school and things like that. He's the one who actually talked about the fact that some people are replacing, some people are augmenting. Um, the one that I personally found well, I don't want to say I, the one that I found more interesting. I don't. 
it's <laughs> people aren't going to restaurants, people aren't going to movies, people aren't going on vacation. People who still have jobs, right? still have more money than they had before. And so where's the money going? It's 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 hard to it's hard to say how much of it is because well the kid needs something for school. I think we all expected that sort of like back in June or maybe even in the right. September quarter, right? In the oh, back to school time. Good point. Um well and 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 what's weird is I think they actually guided for lower expectations. I mean, not because they're not offering guidance and they don't offer guidance by product category anyway. But I don't think anybody was expecting iPad to do as well as it did into the December quarter. So why? I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's a crappy Christmas present to give a kid here. Here's this thing you're using for school, right? Unless you're going to make it a thousand times. I mean, unless you're going to like sell it as being a much better thing for other stuff I that they're doing. I don't think it's a crappy present. I think kids really like getting iPads. Oh, I think it's a great present. I think it's a crappy present if it's for school. Oh, well, yeah, but they still get to do <laughs> sure. other stuff with it. Yeah, right? I, guess, I guess it depends on how you sell it to them. Not sell it, but how you sell it to them. It's, it's not the, even a present if you sell it to them. You're just, you know, <laughs> selling them something. It seems to me the uh, the price point of the low-end iPad, which is a really good iPad now at $329, yep. you know, that's the price of a really bad Chromebook. Yes. And, I yeah, Sure. So It's honestly my... My iPad is the one from last year that I got for $329, and that doesn't seem like a bad deal. Oh, it's it a, seems like a bad deal now, <laughs> but it didn't. Well, it didn't but it isn't. It isn't. I mean, it's still, it's still yeah, a, it's fine. A, a great device. Yeah. And looking at um, Mac revenue up 21%, that one mm -hmm. I don't understand either. I looked up the Gartner Worldwide, P, Worldwide PC shipments, and they grew 10.7% year over year. And Apple's mm -hmm. was a, Apple's revenue maybe not the same thing as shipments but revenue was up 21 percent mm -hmm. um i'm wondering whether a lot of that is the m1 max sure a lot of it could be the m1 max a lot of it could also just be people replacing their computers with something better i mean a, a lot of it again who can say i mean when was this going to happen for people right um I told you the story about a friend of mine who actually, when she was out of work and had to give back her computer, when she was deciding what she was going to replace it with, even though she could have gotten a Dell or a Chromebook or whatever for considerably less, she decided to go ahead and get a Mac because she knew that that was a computer that she wasn't going to have to worry about for the next seven years hmm. uh, or, you know, give or take. Uh, when people are suddenly looking at having to, you know, stare at this machine all the time. It's not just the thing they gave you at work. I feel like a lot of people are choosing to go with the Mac a bit more. You and I shared some numbers back and forth on when somebody comes into a new office and they're given a choice. Uh, do they want to get a Windows machine or do they want to get a Mac? Um, unfortunately, I emailed those numbers to you and then forgot to open them for this time. So I can't <laughs> remember off the top of my head what the numbers were. But you're seeing more and more people who, when they're given a choice, are choosing um, the Mac as opposed to a Windows machine. And now that we're all choosing because we're all stuck at home and having to replace our own machines or maybe our, our bosses or, you know, whoever is doing that, uh, I think you're seeing more and more of an uptick uh, towards the Mac side. Does that explain December? No, except again, <laughs> we get to the end of the year and people didn't spend money on all the stuff that they were spending money on earlier in the year. And maybe they got a 
little extra dodge to toss around. I'm thinking that that really might be it. The other thing I was I was toying around in my head with was um, you mentioned that they said half of the people who bought an iPad or a Mac last quarter were new to their respective platforms, mm-hmm. and. I, I I wrote up some notes for uh, our conversation, and I wrote this one section five times because I, I feel I've been watching Mac market share forever since it was mm-hmm. you know zero or you know right. three devices shipped uh, since it was got really bad, and then it's kept started coming up. I kept thinking, oh, this time when I go look, it'll be above five percent, and it seemed to hang at five percent for like. A decade, and then then you started seeing numbers that were maybe you know eight percent. It would start to happen, and I haven't looked in a while. And I just looked, and according to Global Stats worldwide, macOS is now seventeen point one percent of desktop operating systems as of December hmm. of twenty twenty. Seventeen point one. So now, now it's not weird to have a Mac, right? If right. if almost twenty right. percent of the machines you ever see in you know work or play are Macs. It sort of makes right. it where it's it's more of a of a oh I could choose not well everybody uses Windows right. I don't know whether it's finally hit that acceleration point it's it's weird that, I don't know yes it's weird that it's taken as long as it has in a way because it feels like uh, every you know coffee shop you go into back when we were still going into coffee shops and places like that it always felt like there was the glow in the dark Apple logo until they took those off. I mean, it's kind of harder to spot it now. <laughs> but <laughs> Why they did that. Yeah. I love the glow-in-the-dark Apple logos. Yeah, I do too. I don't know why they did that. But you're right. I, I was used to, definitely used to seeing uh, Macs everywhere, but it, you and I live fairly close together in the greater South Bay, Los Angeles area, and uh, I'm not sure where we hang out is representative, but you lived in Buffalo. I did, yeah, but I didn't go anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... I honestly don't remember, and it's been it's yeah it's been a few years actually since I lived in Buffalo. I'm okay. you know I'm most I'm I'm a shut in, Allison. Even before this, I mean we can say, oh yeah, I got to stay in now because of COVID. But eh, let's be honest, I was going out like once every other week before that. I've actually thought the same thing, Ken. Is when the when the door opens, will I be like the the cat you carried in in a cat carrier, and it was really hard to get them in, and then you open the door and they won't come out. <laughs> yeah, you just go, exactly. No, I'm good. Everybody's okay. going to be like, hey, you can go outside now and be like, oh, cool, I can. And then, you know, like, whatever. Good. Then would you people please go outside? I could use like 10 minutes by myself. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, I thought that that was very interesting to see those uh, half of shipments going to people who've never used them before. I, there's mm-hmm. probably another number on the other side of the fence, though, that that maybe you know 20% of the people buying PCs had never bought PCs before i don't know i don't hear about it cuz i only listen to news i like but it could be that's a crazy idea yeah that's a crazy that's probably idea not true somebody well okay but think about it though there may actually be some people who that was a star trek convention like 4 or 5 years ago and i was trying to tell people what a podcast was and, and this was in a smaller city. This was in Albany, New York, which is not, you know, a Bug Scuffle, Tennessee, but it's also not, you know, Manhattan. Bug Scuffle is a real place, by the way. Is it? You can look it up. Yeah. Um, and, and no offense to anybody listening from there. I've never been. I've just passed it on the highway when I was going someplace bigger. Um, but but there were the number of people who actually, you know, bragged to me about the fact, like held up their little clamshell phone, like, no, nope, this is all the phone I need or like a candy bar phone or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm guessing they don't have a computer. 
I mean, I don't know for certain, but I mean, there may be a lot of people who have never bought a computer before because, again, it was something that happened when they were at work. And if they weren't going to work anymore, maybe they bought their first. That would be a really interesting thing to find out. But I don't know who would tell you that. Because right. is it Dell that's going to keep up with that? Is it Dell that's going to keep up with that? <laughs> I can't think of who else, uh, yeah, who else you'd be talking HP about. HP makes computers, but oh, work people buy those, right? Right. And they're not doing the same sort of thing of like, I don't know how Apple, I mean, unless it's surveys that they send out, because obviously not as many people are going to stores at this point either, but how do they get that 50% number? That's or is that something question. that's actually being uh, tracked by Canalis or somebody else? I don't, I don't know. That is a good question. I'm a survey doer, so I almost always do the surveys that they send me, and I don't remember that being a question when I buy yeah. stuff. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I did check on the Apple Watch Series 6. It was September 2020. Oh, okay. was the introduction date. But speaking of Apple Watch, uh, looking at the revenue for wearables, home accessories, uh, home and accessories was up 30%. And mm -hmm. 75% of Apple Watch buyers in December were new to Apple Watch. Yeah. That's, Crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think that is? Do you think that's the SE or do you think it's something else? Or people who already owned Apple Watches didn't buy new watches. Well, or people who bought a Fitbit because they thought it would be just as good. Or people, I mean, again, I, I, people love their Fitbits, so Ken. Man. Well, well, no, but I mean, anybody who had any sort of fitness band who maybe wanted to be able to do a bit more or something like that. I'm, I'm, I, I know I keep harping on this and I, I, I wish I had numbers and I will actually try to find them. So if you and I ever speak again, <laughs> I'll be able to say what they might be. I'm curious about, because here's the thing. We're living in a tale of two cities right now, right? I'm hearing stories about, you know, uh, lines that are four hours long at food banks for people to get food. And I also know that there are lots of people who are blowing money on stuff that they wouldn't have necessarily needed before because they don't have other things that they can blow money on. I would like to know about disposable income this year. Now, what's weird is you got a lot of other stuff to throw in there as well. COVID-19 has made a lot of people much more conscious about their health. And Apple Watch is a great way to keep up with that, especially now that it's got the uh, pulse oximeter in it, right? I mean, yeah. if you're, I mean, there are so many different, I mean, so maybe it's people who have been thinking about it for a while who are now much more health conscious. Maybe it was the sweet spot of the, uh, of the Apple Watch SE that made them more um, attractive. I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea. It may also just be, I mean, you joked about the fact that I'm, uh, you know, 15 years in, so it's finally okay to talk to me about it. Apple Watch has been around for like five or six years now. I mean, we're on, I guess, the sixth version of Apple Watch. So people might yeah. finally be like, okay, well, I've heard enough about this now. Maybe I'll go ahead and try it. Obviously, they're not the first adopters, but I mean, it may be that it's finally hitting sort of, well, you can't really say critical mass because if there was still a 75% who had never owned one before, then... It's still obviously growing. And that's another thing that Tim Cook kept talking about. There's so much more room to grow. What was the thing that you and I were talking about in a few minutes? He said, I mean, despite the fact that wearables for Apple are the size of a Fortune 120 company, he said we're just at the very beginning stages of wearables. Now, whether he means there are so many more people who can buy Apple Watch or we're, we're going to add so much more stuff to Apple Watch that it's going to be unrecognizable in five years or there are plenty of other wearables to get into, I don't know. But... Yeah, it's kind I of a crazy that number. Fortune 120 company again. Or, or, what, yeah. What is that stat? Uh, that 
if you took wearables out on their own, and I think that's just wearables. I don't think that's wearables, home, and accessories. I believe what they said a couple of times was if you took wearables out on its own, it's generating as much revenue as a Fortune 120 company. That is, <laughs> that's bananas. So wearables bananas. they define as Apple Watch, AirPods, and Beats. Yes, that's what they have said wow. before. Yeah. The wow. other thing that's, um, yeah, the other thing that's crazy to me is, and I know people bring it up every time, and I can't think of anybody who did off the top of my head, not one of the analysts, but usually people who write about it. How can you look at Apple and wonder whether or not they're going to do well? Because like, it, like if, if some company came out of nowhere with Apple Watch and five years later it was the size of a Fortune 120 company, you would think that these people could do no wrong. But when Apple comes out with something that is not, you know, six months later, iPhone at its height, well, you know, then maybe Apple doesn't have it anymore. Maybe their best days are behind them. Maybe, you know, all those things. Whereas every one of those, if you took them out and made them a standalone company, they would be head and shoulders. Well, I mean, Apple Watch and wearables would be, you know, head and shoulders above. It would only be the same size as 120 other companies. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Everything yeah. else would be smaller than that. But, you know, then people are then, like, well, it's just iterative. Okay, well, you're iterative. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so bigger than, we could say it this way, bigger than 380 of the Fortune 500 companies. Yes. I mean, that, a very, you see, that, that was the math I couldn't do on the fly. Yes, <laughs> that's, that is what I was thinking. That is crazy. I just thought of something on the Fitbit. Um, like I said, there's a lot of brand loyalty with Fitbit, but a mm -hmm. year ago, Google bought Fitbit. Oh, yeah, I forgot and about that. And that might have tainted them in some way. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I mean, I it it could also just be a lot of people. It could also, it's just me calling to see no, if you would turn it on, do not disturb. No, that's every single device in my room. Every single oh. one is in do not disturb. But guess what comes through? Your, I don't know. Your priority contacts. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Do you, so, need, to, do you need to, I can wait. <laughs> I, I can riff. <laughs> If you you just keep going. I'm going to FaceTime with my daughter. I, I will. I will call Lindsay back. Cool. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm serious. Every single device is a do not disturb. But uh, all right. Well, moving on. Um, services are up 24 percent, and I don't really pay that much attention to services. I know I pay them a lot of money because I do uh, Apple TV Plus. And well, actually, I'm probably getting that still for free, aren't I? They keep yeah. extending the trial. Um, yes. I've got a music account and I don't know why fitness plus seems popular, but it's also still free right now. Uh, right. storage, iCloud storage, that seems to do well. I mean, is did it, you, I'm curious, did you go into, uh, did you do any of the, uh, Apple one bundles? So yes, but I don't think so. I, um, <laughs> okay. When I have to pay for all these services, it will be mm -hmm. break even for me to be able to do, uh, the the top end fitness plan or the top end apple one plan um yeah but i'm actually want to do it for a different reason is i finally have uh all six of my family members in my uh family plan and we're going to run out of storage pretty soon because i'm using like one and a quarter terabytes and then mm -hmm. they're using up my other 0.75 terabytes so i need okay. more so the only way you can add more than two terabytes is with the top end family plan so right, i right, signed right. up for it but then I got a bill the other day for, I don't know, music or something, one of the services I pay for. So I need to go back and figure out, apparently I'm not in Apple One. Oh, interesting. 
Huh. Unless you're still in the free... Tr- did you start it relatively recent? Did you start it later? I, ju- I just started it the, oh. to try to sign up for it. Might have to do with that then. I can't remember. Yeah. There was Somebody wrote to me with a complaint about that initially, saying that they had signed up for it, and yet they got charged for something else. Yeah. I think they I actually ended up having charged. to go back and... Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> but so what's driving the services growth of 24% year over year? Uh, well, this time last year in China, it was games. You got to figure there's some game stuff as well. But the thing that a lot of people, I mean, so what counts as services is a subscription as well, right? So not just stuff you're subscribing to from Apple, but like my HBO Max subscription is oh, through Apple. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, my Hulu subscription is through Apple. Um, I was, <laughs> I had a running app that I was subscribed to for a while and then I just had to face it. I, I, I kind of stopped running a few months ago. And so I went ahead and canceled that. But Apple was getting a piece of that as well. So they get yeah. 30% of every monthly subscription for the first year. And then they get 15% for each month after that. Right, right, um, right. Whether, you know, and then, then you have the whole million dollar thing as far as the uh, as far as far the uh, App Store and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that all you know, sort of factors in, right? Like I, I wouldn't necessarily... That. I didn't go to HBO to sign up. I signed up through Apple. And so that's some money for Apple. Most of it's going to HBO, but some of it's for Apple as well. And certainly streaming, and again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but streaming has gone up huge, especially this year when we all went inside. All of a sudden, yeah, Disney Plus seems like a good idea. And so does Hulu. And so does anything else that's going to keep the kids quiet. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, here's a pro tip. If you know how every once in a while you can get uh, Apple gift cards or iTunes gift cards, whatever they call them these days, for like 10, 15% off, like mm-hmm. Costco or whatever's running a deal. There's Twitter accounts you can follow to find out when those are. If you buy those and then just put them into your account and then mm. you rent HBO Max through Apple, you just got a 10 or 15% discount on that that uh, usage. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I had not occurred to me. I yeah. do know that I've had the problem where... Somebody gave me a gift card and I immediately put it in thinking, oh, I'm going to spend that at some point. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, that covered your subscription, right. which is a weird sort of psychological thing. If somebody Not gives you a gift, you don't fun, want to be right? like, no, it's no, it's no fun at all. And then you're like, well, now I don't know if I want to spend $15 on this ebook. <laughs> you know, I'm perfectly happy to when somebody gave it to me as a present. Exactly. I think I got that tip from Dave Hamilton on the Mac Geek app, by the way. Nice. Yeah. So one thing that uh, Tim Cook said that I thought was curious was it was the highest volume of FaceTime calls ever happened this Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm I'm curious on this is I feel like Apple really missed an opportunity with the lockdown uh, with FaceTime. So group FaceTime, I think, is a dumpster fire compared to pretty much every other service, especially right. Zoom. The video quality isn't as good. The windowing is bad. We end up with split calls where like there's three people on the call and two people are talking to each other and two other people in the call are talking to each other, but the other two can't talk to each other. Okay. I think it's terrible. I've never tried it. Honestly, really? I've never tried Always it. Always one-to-one? Yeah. One-to-one yeah. one okay. one or, I mean, like, you know, I do all of my interview stuff through Skype um, when I got together with group. Uh, different groups that spend different things. I've used Zoom. I've used Google Hangouts. I've, I've tried a couple of other things as well. I've never tried them because I've, I've got like these two holdouts in particular that are Android users. And so when I'm doing a big group call, we want them to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so we, so we can make fun of them for using Android phones mostly, but you know, <laughs> other reasons too. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas okay. day though. I mean, it, doesn't it make sense that that would be the highest volume because 
all the new iPhones and all the new iPads. Well, I mean, people weren't together, Mm -hmm. right? But then all the new iPhones and iPads and Macs that, you know, we're talking about that drove up, uh, that drove up the holiday quarter sales so much. It'd be a bunch of people trying out their new things. Can you see me? Hi, can you hear me? How many, that would be the thing to find out. Like was the most common phrase spoken on all those calls? Like, wait, hold on. I'm holding it wrong. Oh, I, you know, I was going to say that I don't use FaceTime anymore. I use Zoom for everything, but I realized all one-on-one conversations uh, generally, if they're video, are going to be on FaceTime. It's the group thing I don't like. What's weird to me is you like to do video. Mm. Like we're like, we're on video right now for this audio podcast because you like to see people. Yeah, I'm fine seeing people. I don't like being seen. So I don't use I don't use video calls for anything except for if we all if we're all getting together for a specific thing. Okay. Otherwise, I'm 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 all audio call because that's how I grew up. It was good enough for me when I was 15. It's good enough for me now. (laughs) I have found in doing interviews, it's really good to be able to watch the other person's body language of when they're winding down, or maybe you want to break in and ask a question. You can you know hold your hand up a little bit, or you know look like you want to start to talk, and the other person will fade out automatically. I think it works a little bit better that way. Sure, I get that. That's my theory. Just an audio dude, though. Sorry. Well, one other thing you noticed uh, was interesting about the different way analysts ask their questions. There was a point where Katie Huberty and the Sackinator uh, asked virtually the same question. Talk to us about that. I was thinking about this, yeah, because you had actually mentioned that earlier. What I was thinking about was it's the difference between how are you doing and what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? <laughs> So, so Katie Huberty asked a question initially that, and, and the way she phrased it was something along the lines of, uh, given the lack of visibility in the Apple's roadmap, I'm wondering if you could talk to us about how investors should think about Apple going forward. What kinds of things you, what kinds of things you look for when you're getting into a new product or a new category? Uh, Tony Sakanagi, on the other hand, um, who for whatever reason does not buy the Apple story. And it's fine. You don't have to buy the Apple story. Nobody has to. But he doesn't, when he sees that lack of visibility into them, what he wants is an answer about what they're going to do. So he came at it from a completely different way, in a very Tony Sakanagi way, years and years and years. When Steve Jobs was still alive, he was beating up on Apple for not returning money to investors, for not doing dividends or buybacks or whatever. And he always just comes out and says, here's what I want, basically, except he says it in a way of when are you going to start doing this? So whereas Katie Huberty had said, can you can you give us like some indication of, of the kinds of things you think about? Tony Saganagi came out and said, you guys are going to be looking at $300 billion in revenue by the end of this year, probably. You've always liked to grow organically, but I'm wondering if you're thinking at this point about, you know, some sort of a larger investments or something like that, larger acquisitions. And what do you see Apple doing over the next five years? <laughs> well, and it was great because, you know, Tim Cook immediately says, well, Tony, uh, we, we tend to offer, you know, a color for the current quarter. We're not going to talk about what we're doing over the next five years. Like he just thinks but, if he asks one more time this time, they'll go, OK, here's what we're making next. I guess. I don't I don't know. I honestly I don't, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking about that. But what's really interesting is like th- those two ways to ask that question and then the answers I thought were absolutely fantastic. I, I wish they had been asked in reverse, and I wish they had been asked together. 
Because when Tony Sakanagi said, what are you, what are you going to be doing over the next five years? Tim Cook said, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to be doing over the next five years. Let me tell you everything that's going great right now. And then he proceeded to just lay out all the different things that were going fantastic for Apple. They're seeing massive growth in um, developing areas. Like uh, their their uh, opportunity to grow in India is ridiculous because even though their business, I mean, like was up, I can't even remember what the percentage was. It was a ridiculous percentage. Their business is up in India, but they are still a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the market for everything that they do in India. And that looks great because that is a place that they can continue to grow. Right. And Tim Cook swears that there are other places like that around the world. Now, hmm. there was China. There's India. Talking about it on Mac OS Ken Live, uh, somebody said, Africa? Maybe. But, I mean, you're looking decades away for that. But decades away is exactly how Apple wants to look at it. They don't want to, like, you know, be everywhere. And it's like, well, now what do we do? Yeah, right? we're done. So, right. So they're actually able to point to that and say, so there's growth in that. Uh, wearables uh, are the size of a Fortune 120 company. And yet we're still just at the beginning of the wearables thing. I mean, he's pointing to everything that happens. And then when you get to Huberty's question, which unfortunately was the first, I wish they had been reversed. If, if Aaron Sorkin were writing it, it would have been reversed <laughs> and it would have been better. He then starts talking about the kinds of things that they look for. Is this a product that we would want to use? Is this a big enough market for us to get into? And then the third thing he said was they look for a combination of hardware, software, and services. We're looking for things at that intersection because that intersection is where the magic is, I believe you said, or where the magic happens or something like that. Oh. And, 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 you know, I, and, and here's the thing. Tony Sakanagi, I think, is very literal, or he needs to see. He needs to understand why something is happening. He's not going to take that on faith. That's why he still has them at a neutral rating. That's why his 12-month price target is about $15, I think, lower than where Apple is right now. Because he's not... He doesn't can't, buy it. He doesn't buy it. Or he doesn't see it. It's not the way he works. And that's fine, you know. And if you want to follow him that way, that's fine as well. And if he's cool getting called on to CNBC once a year to be told that he totally missed the boat on Apple, but they keep calling him back, I mean, that's, that's all fine too. Um, it, it, to me, it was just sort of an interesting... It was more like a... It was just an interesting, they asked the same question, yeah. but they asked it in completely different ways. And, you know, uh, Katie Huberty ended up getting something that was very borderline inspirational as far as an answer is concerned, whereas uh, Tony Sakanagi got his backside handed to him. <laughs> Not as bad as when Steve Jobs, man, I still remember that call. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Who, who asked the dumb question? Oh, Tony Sakanagi. Oh, it was. Tony Sakanagi, Tony Sakanagi asked Steve Jobs when Apple was going to start returning money to shareholders. And Steve Jobs took easily two minutes to calling him everything but smart. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because people who were on that call, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of years ago who was like, man, remember that time Tony Sakanagi asked Steve Jobs that question? And we're like, wow, yeah, that's still... I still heard from that, and I wasn't even there. Jeez, yeah, that's that's no. not somebody you wanted mad at you. That's for sure. No, no, he could he could make you feel dumb. I would imagine. Thankfully, I never had the opportunity. I spoke to him once, and he got annoyed with me and walked away. So, <laughs> <laughs> what what did you do? I was well. You don't uh, you don't have to have done much with him. I understand that. No, but what did you do? We were at the All Things Digital conference, and I 
got to talk to him and I uh one on one I was I talked to him a couple of times when he was on stage at you know at the open mic and I actually had a wonderful moment uh with him once uh but when we were in person I said I was concerned about the quality of their products and some of the experiences I'd had and he just said that's not true and walked away nice or like that's irrelevant or or you know your <laughs> anecdotal evidence does not interest me is essentially what he was telling me so wow yeah, yeah. Nice. It's my well big done. Excitement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, let's let's shift gears and talk about something a little more inspirational. Um, on Data Privacy Day, Tim Cook spoke at the EU Data Protection Conference, and he gave a speech that I thought was tremendous. It was a speech about uh, privacy, obviously, because it was Data Privacy Day, and in the mm -hmm. speech, he was talking 100% about Facebook and what they do with your data without ever saying the word Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, have you watched the video? Or I have listened not watched to the video. I have, I, I read it. I read the transcript of oh, it. Okay. I had not listened to it. And I, uh, somebody said that the video is actually out on YouTube today. Somebody finally oh. posted that. So I'm looking forward to watching it. But I haven't yet. Okay, I pulled the link out of the uh, source code from one of the uh, websites that had posted it earlier, and it's in the yeah. notes that I sent you if you would like to watch it there, too. But uh, I thought it was, if you've read the transcript, so I think you've probably gotten the, the gist of it from that, but he spoke really harshly of the mass data collection and sale of our private data and the use of algorithms based on that data that mm -hmm. whip us up into a frenzy. Mm -hmm. And... I thought that was fascinating that he was pointing directly at that. Yeah. My favorite thing that I that I remember from that, and it's been a few days since I've read it, so I apologize, some of it's escaping, was the part that where he said that you we can no longer pretend that any sort of um I can't remember the exact terminology, basically that any sort of interaction is good. It was earlier this year that I found out everything is earlier this year because it's always 2020 from now on. It was uh, November or December, I think, that I found out that if you're on YouTube, um, obviously, if you want people to agree with you, then the thumbs up is great. And if people give you a thumbs down, well, that's bad as far as you personally feel, maybe, right? Uh, all Google is seeing, all YouTube is seeing is interaction. They don't care. That's fine. And that's that to me is is, I mean, it makes sense because if I can, I don't know how blue we work here. If I can P U O enough, can I do that? Yes. Can I say that? <laughs> if I can team. upset you enough, uh -huh. if, if I can upset you enough that, that you're going to hit that no button that you don't like it, well, you're paying attention. And so when that Geico commercial comes up, you're paying attention. When whatever, when whatever ad comes up, you're paying attention. You're right. paying attention enough that you you pushed a button. You might even say write a comment. You might even write a comment to say whether you're happy or sad. And all Google listening at that point is not, oh, this person is upsetting the community or this person is saying something bad. What they're saying is this person has people paying attention, right? And so for Tim Cook to actually point that part out, that we can no longer pretend that you know any kind of interaction is good as long as we keep people there longer, that to me was a fantastic thing to see. Now, yeah. if I hadn't learned that about the, you know, yes, no votes a few months ago, I probably wouldn't have known what he was talking about, honestly. But right. Well, he, he talked about the algorithms designed only to increase engagement. 
Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was that was what you were talking about. And he said, yeah. he said, you know, those algorithms designed only to increase engagement have resulted in undermining pub- public trust in life-saving vaccinations. Sure, and that's he, bad. Yeah. So he says, looking at only these, uh, the efforts to increase engagement is a bad thing. Uh, by the way, Bart Bouchat's made us watch. Um, didn't make us suggested we watch the Social Dilemma. Do, mm, do yeah. not watch it. It's horrible. It's, I'm going to have to watch it at some point. It's it's direct interviews with people from everywhere from Pinterest to Twitter to Facebook who worked on the algorithms telling you how they work. And it's horrifying. It really is. Yeah. So, but back to excite, nice stuff. Have you, really quickly, oh, you want to go back to nice stuff? No, no, that's okay. Well, no, have, have you lost any family members to this yet? Mm-hmm. I don't mean COVID-19. I mean, I mean, my... Into the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, no. I got a uh, I got a uh, family member who um, has always been sort of predisposed to thinking that somebody was trying to get it over on him, mm. but but you know until I told him knock it off, uh, he was sending me all kinds of conspiracy theory from Facebook now, and this is a guy who told me that you know I shouldn't be working in technology, the technology is bad, I shouldn't you know trust, and how do you know that that person and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden some flashy video on uh, on Facebook, you know, and he's got absolutely it. convinced. Yeah, there, there's an interview or a, a special done by Anderson Cooper about QAnon. If you watch that after watching the uh, the social dilemma, it's over for you altogether. Yeah, it's all I can. Th- it's all I can think about right now. Um, yeah. So, uh, but but what Apple is doing about it is he really started outlining. He said the two years of unceasing efforts in this mm-hmm. area that Apple has done. And he emphasized uh, Apple's uh, work on strong encryption, no backdoors, mm-hmm. data minimization, on-device only. Your health data is your data, not anybody else's. And then looking forward, what they've what they've just instituted, the privacy nutrition labels. And mm-hmm. uh, for anybody who hasn't heard about this, uh, can can you explain what they are exactly? Or well, vaguely? I mean, they're. T- they're a tiny bit problematic right now. The, the biggest problem with the privacy nutrition labels is the fact that they're self-reported. Mm-hmm. So you as a developer say, here's the information that we're taking. That always kind of worried me a little bit, but I wasn't overly worried about it. But then there was a story in the Washington Post last week where this guy's like, yeah, so I tried out 24 apps or 25 apps and 12 of them were taking more information than they said. Oh, wow. And so he's now gone back to Apple and said, hey, this is happening what happens at that point? I don't know. He then immediately turns around and says, and the apps are still up there. Well, yeah, because Apple, you know, does not necessarily Spin move with all speed. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with that. I talked about it actually on Mac OS Can Live um, Tuesday, I think, where it was um, – you can say whatever you want to on a radio station. They're controlled by the FCC, but you can say whatever you want to on a radio station or on a television station. Somebody has to complain to the FCC. Right, right. And then once somebody complains to the FCC, then they'll look into it and they'll see what happens. And that sort of seems like maybe that's going on, what's going on with the privacy labels as well. Apple does say they audit them, but how many millions of apps, literally millions of apps are in the App Store right now? And to think that Apple is going to, you know, check everyone as they come through kind of feels like they ought to. But I also understand that they wouldn't necessarily be able to. So I guess it's on us to say, okay, what kind of information are you really taking? The problem is most of our most of us, our view into that is what it says it's doing. 
And so like, I don't know how to tell what information it's actually stealing from me. You would need some nerd who actually knows how to do it. Cause I'm a nerd, but I'm not a nerd who knows how to do that. Right. Right. You need some nerd who knows how to do that to actually go in and check. And then you have to write to Apple and go, Hey, hang on a second. You're letting them say that it's only taking this, but it's actually taking all this stuff. And then you have to trust that they're going to look into it and maybe get back to you, maybe not. Well, maybe what'll uh, come of this is they're not going to be able to keep track of, say, 95% of the apps in the App Store, but the mm -hmm. 5% that are the top apps that everybody's using yeah. will have to be, they will have to toe that line because Apple will know about it and Apple will come down hard on them if they don't. See, here's a question, though. Like, is anybody going to care? I don't mean to sound terrible about it, but like... When Facebook was coming out with their whole app tracking transparency, being against app tracking transparency, what I kept saying is all Facebook needs to do is make it worth it to me. All they need to do is make it worth it to their users and they'll give away everything. It's fine well, as, long as, as long as they feel like they're getting a good um, – Let's define me. it first. Okay. So app tracking transparency is is in the beta of iOS right now. And yes. it's going to be a pop-up on every app that wants to do third-party tracking of you. Right. And, and that wants to track you to a different app or, or, or to other activity on your phone. And you phone. get right. to decide whether or not you're going to allow that. And it's right. it's not out yet, but it's going to be out pretty soon. Right. The Just reason I brought that up is because I haven't had a chance to look into it yet. I saw the headline right before uh, I went to do another show earlier. But apparently, uh, Google has finally come out with its uh, privacy label for, for YouTube and people are sort of uh, surprised at the amount of information that the YouTube app is taking off of people's phones. But you know mm -hmm. what? I'm still going to have YouTube on my phone. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, well, I guess wait, if wait, I read it. I don't it, think it disables the app, though. To say, no, 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 don't track me doesn't make the app go away. They're not allowed to do that. Okay, forgive me. I'm conflating like two different things. Okay. Because we were talking about, and I apologize because I tend to do that. We were talking about the privacy labels. And right. what I what I was saying was, even if they are as honest as they can possibly be, and they say, we're taking all of your information, if the app is still enough like crack for me, I'm still going to have the app. Like, I have not read the privacy label yet for YouTube, but I can't imagine what they're telling me that they're taking from me, that I'm going to take YouTube off my phone, because YouTube is one of the apps that I use most on my phone. Same sort of thing, and forgive me where I conflated it, was with app tracking transparency, what 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 apps are going to have to do is say, we want to track you, or I'm sorry, Apple is going to say they want to track you. Do you want to let them? Mm -hmm. And that seems like a pretty easy yes, no answer. No, I don't. Facebook's got to sweeten that deal for me. But if they make the deal sweet enough, sure, track me all day long. So, But I don't think I was, they get a sweetening opportunity. They're, sure they're they going to make their, their plea that here's right. why we need to sell your data ev to everybody. Right. Um, it's going to be to get you better ads. Well, except they do have a website. I mean, they, they have any number of ways that they can sort of like sure. tell people, here's why this is good for you. Right. Oh, right. Right. And, and so you don't think there would be a way that they could actually say, if you let us track you, you'll get this, this and this. No, not on the not on the iOS app. They have to still let you use the app, even if you say right. no to the third party tracking. Oh, okay. I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Before they've had that, where it'll say, "Hey, we want access to your address book," and you look at it and go, "Well, I don't think you need access to my address book." So you say no, and it says, "Yeah, you can't use the app." Okay. Yeah, but I see what you're the saying. The third-party tracking, would... you can't. You they have to let you still use the app. Mm, okay, I get I what believe. you're saying. 
I have, well, no, I, I think you're right. And now I have to step back and sort of rethink what I'm saying because I'm not sure. I don't think what you're saying negates what I'm trying to say, but I don't think I'm saying what I wanted to say right. So <laughs> let me instead say pass. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm excited about it. But he, he also had a, a, what I thought was a great quote when he was talking about all these things that you can do, but you shouldn't like mm -hmm. doing things to increase engagement just because you can, just because they're there. Uh, and he said, the path of least resistance is rarely the path to wisdom, path right. of wisdom. Yeah. I think when I was doing that story on Mac OS Ken, I was like, oh, he called you stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, which of course is not, not true, but... I, I do know. remember it. Well, I don't think can't think of a better way to uh, to end the end our conversation than that. Can that, that's a perfect line there. If uh, people do want to follow you, track you, uh, you know, watch you when you come and go out of your home, what is uh, what's the best way to find you? Uh, the two ways I would say would either be uh, just go to macoscan.com. That's really not the best way though. Uh, the best way is just follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash macOSCan or at macOSCan, because look, I post about every show that I do there. So Very good. That, and obviously look for your fine shows in your podcatcher of choice. Yes, please. Please do. Search for Ken Ray on any one of those and you'll find, you know, oh golly, shows that I used to be on and shows that I've guested on. And then hopefully you'll also find the shows that I'm currently producing. Well, very good. Well, thanks for coming on, Ken. Uh, hopefully you'll come ag back again someday. I, you know, they, they do an earnings call every, every three months. Would you be willing so. to do this again? I loved it. Okay. I was just being polite. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.